Log Talk Radio. All right, I'm recording. Awesome. Zone coming to you live tonight, uh, talking a little bit of uh, overseas basketball with uh, Alpha Bangora. Alpha played uh, 14 years professionally, played a little in the NBA, in the D League, also played uh, various countries overseas, and we're going to talk a lot about that. Alpha is also an entrepreneur, meaning like he's he's really involved in trying to uh, you know get some businesses going. I know he's got a fashion line. He's He's super into, you know, designs and logos and, and, you know, putting together gear. So he's doing great. So, uh, yeah, so Alpha's going to be joining us pretty soon. And uh, it's me and uh, produce, produce DJ John Hunt. What's up, John? How are we doing tonight? Hanging in there, Kevin. You know, uh, this quarantine is driving me a little crazy, man. I don't know about you, but it's, uh, it's starting to get the – I wasn't bored for about two months, but now I'm getting bored, man. I'm starting to – a little stir crazy how about you well it's crazy because we I, you've heard me talk to you know some of the guys it's like so weird playing uh playing basketball for so long you kind of just are so used to isolation so isolation is nothing really new to me um but it is it is different if it is difficult i feel like the the thing that i miss it's just like the human interactions like even in practice you'd be able to see guys you'd hang out <clears throat> here there's like nothing you got nothing like i thought it's like we haven't this is the closest you're going to get in this, like a zoom relationship with people it just sucks <laughs> absolutely so. I, I i went to a food shop in about an hour or so ago and i talked to the lady at the food store for like 15 minutes i was just like just that, talk to me please <laughs> exactly this is where our lives have gone to where we're just sitting there <laughs> you know trying to hold conversations with random employees. I feel like I'll do the same, like people come and mow the neighbor's lawn. I'm like waving at them like, Hey, what's going on? And reality, I just need to just, you know, see people in human form. Because yeah, man. It sucks. yeah. As soon as this is over, you and me and the boys from Caruso, we got to get out. We got to do something. Yeah. We got to go poker night, do something, get out of here. Something, something. It's, it's driving me crazy. So like, I'm just trying to think, you know, because that's like the biggest thing is I feel like I'm trying to stay as busy as I can because I have like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do the podcast. I'm trying to put edits on the book. I'm trying to do, you know, my job as well. And it's, it's overwhelming, but there is time. I think at the end of the evening for like something that you're watching. So, you know, John and I talked a little bit about like, what would be our top three uh, quarantine like watch it watching you know quarantine watches like movies there's a lot <laughs> out there man there's, there's, a, there's lot. a lot and i feel like it's tough because there's things that i've seen before quarantine that i was like i was gonna text you and be like can i put that in 
because technically I didn't watch it during quarantine, but I watched it another time and it's incredible, but it's something that you could just binge watch during quarantine. So, you know, I'm going to throw that in there as well. So we got our top three uh, choices. So John, am I starting this off or are you starting this off? Why don't you start off there, Kevin? I want to hear, I want to hear yours first. I'm, I'm, I'm curious right. to see where you're at. Let me go. Let me go with what I'm watching now. So uh, the first thing, first I'm going to go with is Shit's Creek. Have you have you seen Shit's Creek? Shit's Creek is uh, it's really good. It's very watchable in terms of you know you're able to kind of tune in, and the episodes are like 20 minutes long, so you can knock out a bunch pretty quickly. And the show's like very entertaining. It's funny. So Shit's Creek is definitely on my list of quarantine watches. Have you seen? You know what? I feel like like maybe two years. It's the show's been around for a little bit, right? It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. I feel like I tried. To, I you know, listen, man. Like if it's not like if it doesn't grab me like right away. Yeah. And I know sometimes they say you got to watch like the first episode or yeah. two. Uh, and it's it's one of those that I was like, all right, maybe I had something else in the queue that I was like, I'll come back to this one, and I never did. Yeah. But well, uh, the character character arcs, the development is incredible in that. So I would suggest it because it is it is uh quite impressive. Now, are we, are we going, is that number one for you right now? I think I'm going to go three with that. That's number so three? I'm gonna, yeah, that's number three. All right, all right. All right, go, go three with you. All right, three with me. All right, it's funny because you went – You, you went have it all of, written down, don't you? I, I did, dude. I'm a planner. Official. That's producer, right? That's what I'm supposed to do. Um, <laughs> that's true. No, like, so, so um, yeah, it's funny you went comedy because I went comedy too. And this is kind of like it came out of nowhere for me. This is on Amazon. It's an Amazon Prime original. It's called Upload. Have you heard about this show? No. And I think it only came out like last week. And again, it's like, like you said, like it's a 30-minute pop. And it's very, yeah. it's very light, but it's a sci-fi show where uh, basically when you die, they can upload your brain to the cloud. So wow. heaven is basically a cloud. And like there are people who can afford like the nice heaven. There's people who can't afford anything. And there's like, and there's a lot of interesting like political stuff with like uh, with rebranding like Panera Bread and like AT and T are one company in the wow. future. Yeah, it's really interesting to see that kind of to to see that. I thought it was a pretty uh, groundbreaking show. I think I, like I said, it came out like maybe last week, and I was like, ah, oh, let me give this a shot. And nine episodes later, it was over, and I was like, yeah, that was pretty damn good. Yeah, that is good. And that's, I think that's kind of the criteria we have to work with too, is like, it's, it's gotta be something that when you're in quarantine, like you're going to continue watching and I'm going to go with number two, because again, it's not a quarantine watch, but it's the only show that I've ever watched for such a long time. Um, that I actually, I've been watching this since I was like in college or high school. So have you ever heard of the challenge on MTV? Yeah. That's my, that's my show. So like the challenge is my show, like my show of shows. Okay. It is the only show that I watch every single week uh, when it's on times when I like DVR, like the challenge I will make Wednesday nights are like, you know, sacred. It's like, this is what I'm doing. I'm you watching get out of my challenge. way. I, I got to get there yeah. <laughs> because the challenge is like, it's just so entertaining and it's kind of the same thing. It's like any other show. Like the, you have to know the characters. Like if I, if someone just hopped on and started watching, it would be like, it wouldn't make sense. Like you need to watch it from the, from like, and know the characters. Cause now like everyone's, you know, there's guys that have been in it for like years and years and years. And you're like, okay, you know, you kind of know what you're, they're coming, coming from. So it's good. So that's my number two. All right. All right. I'll have to give that one a shot. So far we're not on the same page here, Kev. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So check this out. 
I, I discovered this. I don't even know. I think it's an older show. And it was like a, more of like a one season. It was, I think it was called Manhunt. And it was a, it's about the Unabomber. And, uh, oh, okay, okay. It, I've yeah. seen glimpses, but never saw it. The, the guy from uh, Avatar, um, the main guy, J- Worthington, uh, is oh, in that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like this uh, FBI profiler. And it's all like, I think the fact that it's like half true, and um, I can't think of the guy's name, but he was in some of the, he, he played uh, Vision in the Marvel movies. He was the Unabomber. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. he was perfect. And I just got sucked up. I was, I just threw it on, and it was one of those I got sucked in, and I couldn't stop watching it. Um, your your criteria is really good because, like, you're describing it. I'm describing shows that I watched for years. You're describing something where you just like randomly started watching it, and shit like exploded, and you're like, "This is incredible." Kevin, I'm like, that bored, dude. I'm I'm just clicking is, on stuff. <laughs> and that's like this is what it should be. I feel like uh I'm screwing this whole entire, you know, the whole entire rating system up because I'm like, yeah, these are my favorite shows. You're listing like shit that you can just turn on and binge watch. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, maybe it's not for everyone. But I'm curious to see what your number 1 is, Kev, because my number 1 is 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 a popular show. Really? So yeah. mine's like I don't feel like mine is like not a popular show. So I, my number 1 is Vikings. Oh man, that's something on my list. I do want to watch. That. Okay, that's a that's a really good one. I mean, I got the Norwegian heritage, you know, so like the Vikings in my blood. Well, you're freaking huge, like, dude. So yeah, yeah, and like <laughs> seven foot help. So like the the whole I I started watching it and I was like, all right, this is pretty good, and it really sucked me in. It's it's good. That it's is really that, good. that's one of those shows that's on my list that it's like, all right, when I get a, like when I'm looking for something, I'll probably watch a couple episodes. Now my yeah. number one is it's uh it's one of the big shows during quarantine, Ozark. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get did you I've get any Ozark it. yet? I've gotten a, I've gotten a nose arc. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. It's a good because they're they're not too long, but they're like you know, the season's not horrifyingly long. It just kind of gets to the point. Yeah, no, but the I thing agree. the thing with all this stuff is you watch like a season in a week, and then it's like two years before the next show comes out. That's that. Yeah, that it's pisses me off. Killing me. <laughs> <laughs> Like I literally just watched probably like eight months of Jason Bateman's life working on this show, and now it's going to take like two years before we get anything like the re- resolution of the the season finale. There, I agree. Um, to, um, you know, it's funny. Like I always talk about. Uh, it's funny. Like I, I when when there's a podcast, like I was thinking about this today. I was just like, okay, there's so many podcasts, and like, sh- like quarantine, like like there's no professional podcast like the shit's hard to do and there's like so many i mean we're sitting there on zoom for the first time and it's like it's very difficult so i feel like that's it's uh it's a little different because i'm just i'm got to email alpha the the uh zoom because he's going to go on his computer not his phone so i'm just so go on tell me more about Ozark. <laughs> well he's he's in the queue man oh he is yeah He's been there since oh, like eight minutes ago. <laughs> I think I just have to hit admit. Are you ready? Are you ready for Alpha? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's bring him on. Bring him All on. All right, Alpha. Let's see if this works, man. My, my fingers are crossed. Oh, my fingers, fingers frigging crossed. Right. This is like insanity. We got joining. I see good things connecting to audio. Nice. feel like a real producer, man. <laughs> I know. Connecting I to audio. I feel like audio. a real podcaster. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, you know, jumping and when Alpha jump is able to jump on, like, you know, I think the the uh, quarantine show list 
Uh, I always said, like, if people want to, you know, ever shoot a, shoot, a, shoot a tweet our way, the Matchup Zone, or the MU Zone podcast, uh, shoot a tweet our way. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely hop on and, you know, be able to get that. And, you know, tell us your favorite quarantine shows as well. So we should be good. Al, you there? I still have loading. Let's see. Alpha. I have a microphone on Alpha, but I don't nice. have a um, a camera on Alpha yet. But the good news here is, Kevin, that we are casting perfectly through Facebook right now and the Blog Talk Radio uh, framework. Nice. I I can hear it very faintly in the background on my other pair of headphones that we're actually we're getting a very clear sound this this week. So now if it's we could crazy. Just... But yeah. If like if our show could be could be put together like all of the all of the good things into one episode, like people would occasionally tune in. Yeah, they just might. <laughs> yeah. So Listen, you never know. I mean, it's... here's what you got to do for me, Kevin. I need you to text yeah. Alpha, tell him to jump back in there. Yeah, I just did. I just uh, shot him. A, I, I'm gonna try to email it to him. Okay. And uh, let me see if I can. Do it this way. I was gonna say you can Technology even have him text never... me. Yeah. If you want to give him my phone number, not that I want to be giving my phone number out on the air, you know what I'm saying? For all the 50 million people, I might get uh, some hate mail. This is true. <laughs> all of our 10 people listening out there. Yeah, the 10 listeners are gonna be freaking pissed. <laughs> all right, let me see. I, I moved my whole weekend around for you. <laughs> You have some people sitting on Facebook watching. Oh shoot! Uh, all right, here's what I need. What's the ID? The ID. Let me get that for you, brother. Oh. Here, text, text me the ID. You got it. So I got to invite. Uh, you need the password. Yeah, get, yeah, shoot me both of them. Just like copy and paste the ID and the password, and I'll right. shoot them over to them. Here we go. So here comes. Here it comes. Here comes the link, and then the password. Three, D, three J D C. Make sure you tell everyone who's watching too, so they can. Because everyone's going to jump in and hang out with <laughs> us tonight. Won't be the worst thing in the world. No. Yeah. Uh, I got DJ Tommy Bianco's out there. He's listening and watching. Nice. Uh, yeah. All right. So there is the password. All right. Um, you have the the code. Hold on. Let me see if I can find the code in here. I don't see anything where it says code. I see contacts, email, um, copy invitation. Let's try this. Oh yeah, the invite should do it. There's a meeting oh. ID. Copy it. That's, that's on the invitation. Now we're, now we're cooking with fire. I gotta be honest, I'm not a Zoom guy. I was more of a Google Meets guy through all this thing, and all of a sudden we threw the Zoom thing in there. Yeah, you know what? Zoom's like uh it's funny. A friend of mine, he he started advertising or no advertising. What the frick am I talking about? He started uh he bought stock in Zoom like a year and a half ago. Because he used it for his meetings. Now, he's like a big businessman. So he's like, I'm buying, you know, a bunch of stock in this. And he got it pretty cheap. 
So when he got the, uh, it's like all this happened, the stock like exploded. So what he's got now is like out of control. He's made like money hand over fist just because of this whole entire zoom thing. So it's crazy. Dude, there's so many people that are making money right now. Like I know that it sucks because everyone's like losing their jobs and everything. Yeah. But if you think about it hard, there are certain people out there that are making money. I had a, I had a, um, a, uh, a friend of mine tell me that like they wanted to get a, a job for like their, their 17 year old son. Right. So they went out and bought th- three, they, they had $300 and they built these like beautiful, like happy birthday signs. And yeah. this kid charges 50 bucks a night and he will go to your house, put these signs into the ground. That's all he does. Puts the signs in the ground. Happy birthday. It looks real nice. And your kid wakes up yeah. the next morning and they got the signs there, and it's something like something special when you can't do anything for their their birthday. It's something, and they were saying they had like That's the crazy. next they had like the next twenty four nights like booked. Well, it's crazy because you know that's like people who are smart are doing smart things during this quarantine. Like they're they are they're they're taking uh different different ideas and putting them in and you realize really too what this whole thing has shown is like how desperate we are for certain things that we didn't know about until all this shit happened. And now suddenly it's like blowing up and we're like, Oh, this is important. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of people who are hitting on it. So I think, yeah, uh, this dude was making like drive-in movie theaters. He was going to like turn a parking lot, like into drive-in movie theater. Like if you call them up, they'll do it at Cherry Hill West or they'll do it at this parking lot or they'll do it wherever. And like, cause people can't go to the movies now, you know? Uh, yeah. So they're constantly like looking for some type of, entertainment or whatever so as these things become available you know it's just going to be more more and more because you know like like we were just talking about the uh, the the well is kind of drying up from a uh from a standpoint of like what am i going to watch next yeah um, i agree i do have a couple uh honorable mentions on my on my tv list you want to hear them kev yeah let's hear them all right so so there's this crazy show out there, and I think I'm late to the party on this one. It's called You. Have you heard of this show? Sort of. I think so. What's it about? Refresh so, my memory. I feel like I've seen bits of, like something, but I don't know. So it's totally – it's about this serial killer, right? So you got this serial killer, um, but he's not like – he's like basically just like an obsessed guy where he gets obsessed with women, and he means – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's, it's this show where like I heard like – a, a bunch of uh, our colleagues, our female colleagues talking about it. And they kind of like, it's weird because you like the serial killer. Cause he's really just trying to look out for these girls. And he's like, all the girls are like, Oh, he's so cute and whatever. But um, that one is actually pretty good. I, I was late to the party on that. And I was all about it. Do we have anything yet? I don't I just see anything coming through. He came through before. Yeah. If you want to send him, can you send him my phone number? Secretly? Secretly, I can. Share his contact and tell him to text me. And then I can send him, I believe, directly through the computer uh, an invite link. Cool. What's he saying? Are you getting a hold of him at all? Yeah, he's... I think he's... I think he should be copping on in a second. Okay. Uh, The password isn't working... C-J-D-C-F-Z. I think that J's got to be capitalized. Yeah, it is. You didn't need that the password to get in, did you? 
No, but I also clicked like the the immediate link that we had. Okay. So is he trying to go in through the like through Zoom? Yeah. Okay. So like I think uh let me try this. Let me email this right to him. Hold on. We're getting there, people, I promise. It's all about the technical difficulties. It wouldn't be uh, the matchup show without a little bit of technical difficulty. (laughs) But the good news is, my friends, that we have audio on our host, the most important person in the show. We finally got that audio figured out. Who's that? (laughs) That would be you, my friend. (laughs) Like I said, I don't know if it was me or whatever, but I definitely couldn't hear some of the interviews in the past. yeah, but we'll see. We have- well, you know what's funny? I have uh, the one guy. I loved what he was saying. I loved his whole interview. Um, but I tried to get you to like scrub up the audio and see if we can fix it. And we weren't able to get it done because his story, where he would like escape Libya. Oh, dude! Uh, I tell my students about that story. That's the that one I. Crazy. That's the podcast that I have that I I show my students. Uh, and it's tough because you can't hear them. Because he was called, he was playing in England at the time, and this is before you were producing. Where we, you would have fi- figured it out in ten seconds, and I'm sitting there like mashing buttons, like oh, 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 and then he just like so you couldn't really hear what he was saying. But uh, it was, it was uh, that was one of the crazier interviews that I've done because that's like, like I always say, like overseas basketball is freaking crazy. It's like nuts, it's like, and that's what like I just. Uh, and the cool thing is I just got like, you know, I sent out my book and I got some edits to send back. So I'm, you know, working on those edits. So I'm almost done those. So my goal is to have that book published uh, by my birthday. Not maybe not published, but at least out there. So that's like, like the shit, like all I was like, I'm like inundated with stories of like just crazy shit. So I need to put that out there. So it's like the most, that was like the most important thing because it's just, it's a wild west out there. I got to say, like, you know, I've learned so much since I've jumped on here with you over the past few weeks. Like, you know, I knew that there was overseas basketball, but the extent of it was really like Dario Saric being in where, where was he? Was he Turkey? Uh, I think he was in Turkey. Yeah. And it's like hearing about like through the Sixers rebuild, you know, we'd be talking, you know, like that's, that's all I, I knew there were leagues and stuff over there, but talking to you, I'm realizing how big it is. And yeah. it, it seems to be that recurring theme of crazy stuff happening. Um, I forget yeah. the, the the gentleman we had on with the brass knuckles. Who was that? Oh, Mike Jordan. Mike, Mike, Mike. Uh, I was like, oh my god! Like he's got brass knuckles in his gym bag. Like you don't you never think about doing that. <laughs> and then uh, was it Charnay last week? Week was talking about the yeah. the coaches being being uh, inebriated. I was like, oh yeah, you know. Well, that, that was the. That- that shit was crazy. Like that was drinking and smoking. Like, I don't know why, but I just, it was never, uh, it was never like able, I don't understand what, uh, like, I don't understand like the, the culture. It's like, it's like you're the drinking, the eating, the it's, it's nuts. It's like out of hand. It's crazy. What just over, like, over nothing, overseas nothing. drinking and smoking and stuff like that. All right. So, update okay. i just uh breaking news <laughs> he said said uh you're unable to join rejoin this meeting because you were previously removed by the host i don't think that's hold on 
So, all right, let me see what can I can do we, here. Yeah. See all if we right. can work on work on. I have no idea how to fix that. All right. While my computer just while we're doing that, fire. Kevin, I gotta hear. I gotta hear a little bit from you about some Uh-oh. of the crazy stuff that's happened to you, brother. Uh. All right. So. I'm going to tell them we're working on it. We are working. So, you know what? I got we're something we can, we can try here. All right. What we're I'm going to do is I'm going to close our Zoom meeting, Kevin. We're not going to lose. Uh, I'll be able to talk to our listeners on blog talk and everything, but I'm just going to close and reopen Zoom. Um, okay. Sounds good. So just hang with me real quick, Kevin. I'm going to send you a new link. All right. Sounds good. All right. Let's, listeners, just hang with us for a second. We're figuring this all out. Uh, we're going to end this meeting and we are going to start a new one and we're going to get this rocking in just a moment. All right. So we got one and we're going to invite Kevin back to this thing. Kevin jump back onto this thing and then we'll also send the invitation out to, uh, alpha and we'll see what we get here. You know, with uh, technical difficulties, you never know what you're going to get. Uh, we are recording the Zoom as well. Uh, good news is we're not having any problems with the blog talk uh, um, broadcast. Now we just got to get everyone in one place. So, all right. So Kev should be jumping on any second with us. And here we go. I promise, my friends, if you're still out there, if you're hanging on with us, we will get this right one of these days. Uh, This is what happens when we change the platform week to week. But I think we found a winner. Now it's just a simple. All right, here comes Kevin. All right. Kevin Owens, are you with us? Hey, you. All right, brother. So we got you. Let's get Alpha back in here. All right. I just sent him uh just sent him the new link. Sounds good to me, brother. That ought to do it. Yeah, I did boot him because I thought there was like an issue with his mic or something like that. So I just thought it would just like get him out. But then I guess that that like puts him in like a purgatory of you can't get back in. <laughs> Man, Zoom's tough. It, it is tough. I guess they got to be. I mean, you heard about all that stuff with people jumping in on, in and out. Like schools were like teaching entire classes. Then like weirdos were jumping on and doing weird stuff. Uh, yeah. So, so I get it. I get the security. <laughs> I like it. You know, Are you recording this one? Uh, yeah, good call. Let's record this one. And then remind me if I get the, the videos and stuff, I can splice them together and send it. That's to what you. I said. I was like the audio, the video, we can all splice it together and figure it out. Yeah. And I know I'm, I, like I said, I'm kind of, Oh, here's alpha. You ready? Ready, Kev? Let's see if this works, brother. Let's fingers crossed. All right, everyone. Here we go. Three, two, one, admit alpha. And we got a window. We got it. Yes. <laughs> We're going to connect. What's up, Al? Kev, what up? There it What's is. What's up? How are you? Good, bro. How you been, man? I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know me. I'm always doing good. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Same, same chill person. 
personality, man, since college. I, yeah, <laughs> never changes, never changes. That's what's up, man. How are you doing? How's everything with you? How's like, you know, how's, uh, you know, how's you surviving this quarantine? I'm good, man. You know, for me, it was a lot to adjust to in such a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's not something that, you know, regardless of what has been put out there in the media, it's hard to adjust, even if you put certain things in place you know, to do that, it's just too many people. You're talking about, what, almost 325 million people in this country? Yep. And so, regardless of how you prep for that, there are just too many, you know, factors that you have to look at. Um, and then people have to be willing to cooperate as much as possible in order for things to, you know, kind of transition, you know, in the smoothest manner as possible. But, you know, for me, it wasn't too difficult because, a lot of stuff that I do was already from home. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm a homebody, you know, being, being a little older now, you know, when I was, when I was a young dude, I, it's no way I would have been able to stay in the house. Nope. Um, imagine, <laughs> imagine right being 17, 18. And this, yeah. happened, you know, when we were that age, it's, I mean, it's, it would have been impossible for me to stay. Impossible. So, you know, I'm glad I, it happened um, when I was much more mature and, you know, settled and, and things like that. But, you know, aside from some inconveniences, man, I'm good, bro. That's good. That's awesome. And kind of, you know, jumping off, uh, you are the one person that I've, uh, that I've talked to who's like really grabbing just not even the social isolation and the quarantine, but like grabbing your, your like basketball career and taking that and using it as a stepping stone for like such entrepreneurship and you know your clothing and and your fashion and stuff like that it's it's like pretty cool because I've been just following I'm like man Al's killing it so like what like what different projects are you working on right now oh man (laughs) (laughs) like right right now I'm gonna sound like one of those guys that says he's working on 20 different things but I really am <laughs> um I think you remember from college bro I was super competitive yep um you know wanted to win all the time and those habits that you build um through basketball I think sometimes you know it's, it's innate you have those things innately in you or some people do and then basketball becomes a channel or a lane in order for you to really exercise those things that can come natural to you and so when I started to transition into other interests I actually was doing that long before I retired Mm -hmm. so technically I haven't made like an announcement saying look I'm retired (laughs) but I've just been so busy with all of the off the court stuff that it's kind of understood that that that's um I was going to play in the big three last summer but I had some other things that I committed to and it just, it just didn't really work out. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit more stability with the other things that I started working on. And so just to kind of answer your question, um, you know, I started a, a training program, just helping, you know, young basketball players as well as older players uh, learn, you know, the, the fundamentals of the game, because I think that that's lost. That, yeah. That's lost art. Mm-hmm. Um, I placed so much emphasis on it because I was a late bloomer. You know, I didn't start playing organized until I was 14. Jeez. And so, 
when I when I met you, man, I had only been playing for about four years organized. Wow. And so, um, you know, when I train the kids now in my program, um, it's called Learn How to Play Basketball. Really simple. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I basically cater to anyone that's just trying to improve their game from, you know, young people who are really just getting introduced to the game, as well as people who are at a point where, you know, they feel like they may have maxed out in terms of what they're capable of doing for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, they come to me and I just pretty much, and and it comes from having played so long, there are just certain things you know, you know, to to sort of identify and, and it's not a one size fits all situation. And so it's pretty broad. and, And what I think that I've been really good at doing is figuring out what this particular player needs to do to take their game to another level. So that basketball training is one aspect. And then for the stuff that you've been following a lot, (laughs) um, it's just anything pertaining to being creative and designing. Mm -hmm. Um, While while I was playing overseas, you know, I had a lot of cool ideas to do certain things. And I would, you know, I would outsource or reach out to people who either I was recommended to or just doing some searching. And so it would be as simple as, um, getting a logo done mm-hmm. or you know what I have this idea to do this website and when you go overseas I know you know this firsthand when people know that you don't necessarily know what you're doing a lot, a lot of times you know they'll, they'll jerk you you know you'll yeah. get, they will totally you know just basically give you the run around and, and you'll get cheated and I got to a point where I said you know what I need to learn how to do this stuff on my own because whether I have someone do it or not, I'll be able to kind of hold them accountable a little bit better. Yeah. I understand how this stuff works. And so I have this sort of obsessive personality, man. So when I got to a point where I figured out the basics, I just really dove into it and learned as much as possible. And that led to um, just learning how to design digitally using, you know, uh, Photoshop, using uh, Illustrator, and just creating uh, anything from a basic logo to if you came to me and said, hey, Al, um, you know, I want to do this new smart basketball or I want to do, you know, some type of new invention. Um, I'm able at this point to take your idea, sketch it out um, digitally or otherwise, and then once we settle on a design, I can then take that and turn it into a prototype. Mm-hmm. And once it's a prototype, it's something tangibly that we can hold and sort of touch it, you know, look at the dimensions and make sure it looks the way we want it to look. And then um, we can go as far as also getting it engineered so that it's a functioning prototype. Mm-hmm. So fashion is kind of, you know, one of the bigger lanes because that's, it's kind of common, you know, people from all walks of life, you know, love fashion. So I do a lot of um, creating different lines for people. But the the thing that I just mentioned in terms of inventing, that's something that, you know, not everybody wants to do that. But just to mention the capabilities, those are all the different things that I'm kind of working on. Man. So a lot of different projects, but just in that realm. That's awesome. Well, I don't know if you know this, but I, although... 
it might have seemed like I only played basketball for four years when we met. I played for longer than that. It just seems like I did. It oh, only no. seems I, like I four years. You, I know you were hooping, man. You know that uh, Jeff, Jeff, isn't Jeff your brother's name? Yeah. Okay, so I think Jeff and I were in Spain at the same time. Yeah. Or he may have come right after me or I came after him. He may have okay. been there even before I was there. I, I don't really remember, but I know he spent some time there, and then I ended up being over there. And as soon as I saw him, I remembered that was your brother, but I had lost contact with you at that point. So how's he doing, by the way? He's doing good. He's, uh, you know, and, like, he's he's in insurance uh, okay. sales. And, like, it's crazy because we kind of talk about, like, what goes on with, uh, like, retirement like what happens when you when you're when you're done the game sure. and that's like something that that a lot of a lot of people don't really plan for and that's what I love hearing your story is like you planned it like you kind of got on it and you planned all of that prior to and a lot of guys don't do that and you kind of get and that's like a it's a scary thing like you get done basketball it's something you've been doing your whole life and all of a sudden it's just like poof it's gone right and now what so that's the crazy thing that's like the scary thing uh, so how do you like how important do you think it is for guys to kind of come up with something solid while they're still playing? Well, look, I made a post the other day and I said, in a nutshell, when you're when you're trying to you know play basketball on any level, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And, and it's hard not always from the playing standpoint, but from the standpoint of how many different people you have to compete against. Yeah. And so it's just not enough room for everyone, despite how talented some people may be. So if you are one of the fortunate ones to actually make any team and then to progress from, let's say, high school to college and then to be in that 1% as a professional, what I said in my post was, that's like winning the damn lottery. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. And so if you can, you know, train yourself, work really hard and get to a point where you can accomplish something like that, I mean, what else couldn't you do? Yeah. You know, that's that's that was just my mentality. I was like, you know, basketball is hard enough. Mm-hmm. Um, these other things, I, I I know I can do. If I if you know if I ended up, you know, accomplishing this thing as a basketball player, but not only playing for a year or three years, which is the average. You know, I did seventeen. Yeah. And so, um, I was very confident that no matter what I wanted to do, once I sort of, you know, settled on it, I was really confident that I could do it as long as I put in the same work ethic that I did as a basketball player. And and that was just kind of the reality for me. So that's kind of what I tell guys, man, like, it's not really as hard as you think. Um, You know, when you're, when you're hooping and you're starting to make a little bit of money, you know, you start buying shit that you never had. Mm -hmm. And so I got to a point, I was buying all this stuff up and I started looking around. I'm like, dude, I'm buying all this stuff but no one's buying anything from me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I said, you know, I, I want to be in a situation where, okay, it's cool to buy certain things, but also add some value to your life where people can come to you and say, Hey, you know, Al, I want to buy this particular thing that you offer. Mm-hmm. And so that was sort of the motivation. And, um, you know, like I said, man, I, I've had a lot of hurdles with it because like anything else, if you come into it and you just want to be, you know, solid, then, you know, there's a certain amount of work you're going to put in for that. But if you really, really want to be good, then, again, there are parallels with what you have to do as a basketball player. And, you know, shit, remember when Dave used to have us getting up at (laughs) 5, 6 in the morning 
you know, doing that mile, man. I mean, that's like you have to be committed to stuff like that. Yeah. So I would just channel a lot of things that I remember having to do as a basketball player, and I use that as fuel to push myself for a lot of the things that I'm doing now, man. And again, it has its challenges, but it's fun, man, because again, I'm competitive and I enjoy it. And so, man, so far it's been it's been great overall. That's a that's an incredible line that you just gave the the uh going from saying like you know i'm buying all this shit but who's buying shit for me that's like a really powerful line yeah that's like something you can put out that like you know people like guys that are playing need to hear like you can't just be buying shit and no one who's buying you like you gotta be that's really cool exactly that was just a big motivation for me man and i just think you know sometimes we have so much more to offer than we think but you know as basketball players i think that no matter where you come from there's just a perception that you're a jock but learning all those damn plays having to do those things on a fly and and knowing where everyone needs to be on the court you cannot be a dummy and and and, and know those things so yeah again it's like once you um, know how to sort of approach it with the right attitude, man. It becomes, you know, something that you can grasp and, and, and do and accomplish certain things within that particular space the, the same way you did as a basketball player. So that's just really my mentality with anything that I, you know, that I do. I love that. So, you know, 17 years professionally, I'm sure you have some crazy shit, some crazy stories. What was the craziest thing you've ever overseas? Damn. <laughs> and I and I, it's so funny because I've asked so many guys this, and like you know, we like my producer and I. He's like talking. He's like, "What the fuck goes on over there?" He, he like <laughs> one guy had brass knuckles and stuff, and we're like, "Like no way!" Like there's so many crazy things. So I was like, I always like, what's the craziest shit? Because there's so many crazy shit and things that happen over there. Look, man, <laughs> I got so many stories that. <laughs> Because I'm active, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I get to a country and I'm in the streets. I want to know what's going on. You know, I want to know, you know, just what are people into here? Yeah. Um, you know, I want to witness it firsthand. I, you know, I want to hear about it. So I would, come, I would pull up to these different countries, man, and I would just immediately just be out in the street meeting people. And even if no one spoke English... I, I didn't care. I would just be out there with them, hanging out. And um, I can remember one of the stories that really stand out in my mind. Um, I think I was playing in Japan. And I won a championship there. And I was a little, you know, I, I was really happy with that season because I made a lot of money, had a great experience, and I was planning on going home and just, you know, chilling out. My family and I were living in Dubai at the time. And so, I actually wasn't coming back to the States. I would finish the season and then I would go to Dubai as my primary place of residence for, for a good amount of time. And so um, I got an offer to go play ball in uh, Lebanon. And so having never been to, you know, been to the Middle East, it was an immediate no for me because of the shit that you hear. Yeah. And so, um, look, we're we're all sort of, you know, victims of misinformation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I, you know, got this offer, I was just, 
I could just picture the things that I saw on the news, tanks, and all this other stuff. I was like, it's no way. Yep. And so the team was very persistent, and uh, Ace Custis reached out to me mm-hmm. because he had been there, and he said, look, it's nothing like you think. Go out there. You're going to love it. They pay great. And, man, you'll have fun. And so, I, you know, I, I took a little bit of time, and then I finally went over there, and I played for a team called the Jets. Um, they are one of the better teams historically in that country, them along with a team called Al Riyadi, which I'm sure you probably heard of them. Mm-hmm. Um, heavily funded. Um, I mean, in terms of, you know, financial stability, could rival any NBA team in terms of money. That's crazy. You know, because the guy who uh, the guy who was the biggest financier of that team, his dad was the prime minister of Lebanon, and he was assassinated, unfortunately. But when he passed away, he was worth like sixteen billion dollars. Jesus. Yeah. So, you know, again, that's that's serious money wherever yeah. you are. Uh-huh. So, I was playing with this rival team, suggesting a guy who owned that team. Uh, his name was George Shawane, and he was known as like the Donald Trump of Dubai because he had all of these buildings and all of this property in Dubai. And so I went over there to this team, you know, we practiced, and I got there right when they were in the middle of this like civil war. Mm. So I had no idea about it, but the way that people treated me initially was just great. I mean, super fanatics really love the game and can really play. Their locals can really play great size. You know, you go to certain countries and it's like not proportioned right sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to, you know, their biggest players may be six, 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 seven, And over there, you know, they had really strong guard play and some good big play. And it was just really competitive. But to, to get to the story, our tournament was in Amman, Jordan. Mm-hmm. So I went to the tournament, um, got the MVP of the tournament. I think I may have averaged like 40 for the tournament, had a a great tournament. We came back to Lebanon, and I was on a billboard, like at the airport. It was like this this billboard, and it was the coolest thing ever, man, to to come out of the airport because we beat Riyadi, which was, again, the best team there and historically considered one of the best teams in all of Asia. And so when we beat them, everybody was like, who the hell is this guy? Like, I never heard of him because I'd never been in the Middle East. Yeah. So um, due to the war, Americans were getting airlifted out of Lebanon via helicopter um, from the different cities and taken to the airport to go home. Like, it had gotten pretty bad. Um, I think it was like the North versus the South. I think a heavily Christian population versus a heavily Muslim population. And it was just like messy. Um, you could kind of hear guns and hear a lot of commotion just throughout the night. And so the tournament was over and I had an opportunity to go play in Kuwait for the Asian championships. And so when we were ready to leave, myself, um, a guy who was my agent there at the time, the roads were completely blocked off. These, these people who were fighting I mean, Kev, it was boulders that were bigger than me and you combined that they had just all over the street so people couldn't go to the airport. That's crazy. And so we got on this bus trying to figure out a different route. 
and then we were stopped. So we were stopped by the military. And it was pretty scary because, I mean, these dudes were, were, were holding really big guns, and it was tense. And so we're sitting on the bus, and I'm asking, like, yo, what's going on? I'm, you know, and I'm not getting answers fast enough. So I'm like, man, what the hell is going on? And they're like, well, you know, um, they're stopping us because they know that we're from this part of town. And, you know, now we're on their part of town. And so, so I want to know the worst case scenario all the time. <laughs> I'm like, tell me what it is immediately. <laughs> exactly. What the fuck is going to happen? What are they going to do? So one of my teammates goes, hey, man, we may get killed. I turn around, what? And then so other guys are like, no, man, no, it's not like that. So now I'm, I'm hearing, like, different things from different players. And um, I think our manager, someone was talking to, you know, um, the, the uh, I don't know if this was, like, the captain or the lieutenant. He was the guy in charge. And so he hops on the bus, and he makes all of us get out the bus. So we get off of the bus, and it's all this commotion. And then this dude looks at me, and he's like, Bangora? I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's me. So he's like, oh, my God, I'm such a big fan. It turns from this really tense situation to this guy being this huge fan because he was watching these games on TV while we were playing in Jordan. And due to him being such a fan, and again, regardless of where they are from, they all love basketball. Yeah. And so my man was so excited to like actually be talking to me and, you know, interacting with me, uh, wanting to take pictures and all this stuff that all of the tension just kind of went away. And he literally, um, led like a, 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 a envoy, whatever you call that, where we just got to the airport, this different route. And he made sure that I got in the airport, uh, got me through all of the heavy security, and I was out of there, and I was in Kuwait, man. So that was one of the Crazy. most really intense kind of scary stories, but it ended up being great because this guy was a big fan of basketball. So um, that's one of the things that this this hoop thing can do for you. Yeah. Um, you know, it brings, obviously, a lot of people together from different parts of the world, but to imagine being in a situation where you think, I mean, shit, if something happens to me, like, no one can do nothing for me right now. I'm yeah. I'm asked out. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So from it being that to, oh, my God, I'm such a big fan. And come on, come on, follow me. Get back in the bus. Let's go. And and he, he got us out of there. And I was in Kuwait. And it was almost like it never happened, man. It was really dope. You know, so that was a, a really cool story, man, that I'll never forget. That is a cool story. That's like one of the most unique and interesting stories because, you know, that's shit's crazy. Like, yeah. like you don't know. I always think like, like wh- who's to stop someone from just like, all of a sudden I'm go- I'm gone. And my family's back home and they're like, hey, uh, we-, we didn't see him in the box story. Like, <laughs> exactly. Practice. I'm like, yeah. Like sitting in a cage somewhere. Like, no. Like this is exactly. Shit's crazy. It, it can it can be it can be wild, man. I don't know if you remember, man. This guy, his name was Tony. Tony. Uh, Madison, I believe. Okay. There's a couple guys named Tony Madison that played overseas, one that played in Lebanon. This guy, I don't, he's not the same one, obviously. He played in Brazil. Okay. And so he was on a team, and I believe that 
he had gotten into a situation where he met a woman, um, got involved with her. Turns out she was the wife of the owner of the team or the manager of the team. Uh-huh. Now, this dude was like a real gangster or something like that. <laughs> and um, this guy knew he was in trouble. And I think he called home, called his wife, and just tried to kind of update her, like, look, it's, I'm, in, I'm in a bit of trouble, but I'm, I'm going to try to get home. And so I think he hopped in a cab, and he was on his way to the airport, and then he just disappeared. Damn. So the cab driver drove him to, like, a gas station, and when he was at that gas station, um, you know, I think when they finally found that car, um, his laptop and everything was still inside the car, his, and he wasn't there. Man, they found that dude at like a military base, and they they strangled him with barbed wire. Jesus, you know, yeah, they he 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 got killed, man. So, you know, you can definitely find yourselves in some in some tough situations overseas because the laws just aren't the same yeah. as here. People are dealing with poverty in some of these places, and so I think that when you're American. I've never felt any tension simply just being American. Like, I think that that's a false pretense. Like, I've never experienced that. I mean, they, they almost overdo it with the amount of love they show you. Yep, I agree. But I think that there are times when if you show disrespect to their culture, mm-hmm. that's when they're like, okay, we don't care if you're American. Yeah. And so I think that even though, look, my my man wasn't, thinking it could be something that bad that could happen from a situation like that. Yeah. But unfortunately, you know, that's the other side of it. And, you know, that was his fate, man. But overall, man, it's, it's a lot of love, man, but you, you have to be humble in those places. And when I go, I am always a visitor, no matter how much I'm welcome. I look at myself as a visitor Mm -hmm. because I don't want to insult people and I don't want them to feel like, well, you know, I'm more Japanese than you because I'm getting, you know, paid in this country and I get certain privileges or certain rights because, you know, I'm this, you know, quote unquote high profile person here due to basketball. And, you know, if you let that get to your head, then you may deal with some people who are like, you know what, I don't care who you are. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, you know, that type of stuff happens, man. But I've always had nothing but great experiences overall. It's crazy. I think so too. Like you, you, you hit, you hit it. Like it's such a great job and there's the crazy shit that happens, but like, there's also the incredible things that happens. And I think that's just, it's, it's such a unique job. Like, yeah. the NBA, like, you know, you've been, you played in the NBA, like, and it's great. And there's like, but it's like, it's just like the basketball that you've experienced. Like you're going yep. from city to city, like, you know, you, it's kind of like college, but you're playing in, it's a bigger, you know, obviously more people are watching over there. Yeah. It's so different. It's just a different. And like, even with, even with the basketball on the court, how do you think, how would you compare like just basketball in general, like the game overseas to uh, basketball here in America? And you talked a little bit about skill development and stuff like that yeah. earlier. Honestly, Kev, I think when you're American playing overseas, it's harder. Yeah. Um, the entire, well, not the entire, but the bulk of the responsibility falls on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And so when you're playing in the States, you're playing in the league, everyone on the court with you can play. Mm-hmm. Everyone, you know, 
was a dominant player somewhere in their career at some point, even if their roles change slightly or they have to make certain adjustments in order to be able to coexist with the superstars on that team. Prior to them getting there, they were the man in college and for sure in high school. Yep. And so everyone just knows, okay, I can give the ball to Kev right here. I know what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Kev, come out here with this pick and roll. You're a pick and pop guy. Boom. Here you go. It's like you know what those guys can do even before you get on the team with them. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been playing against them or alongside a lot of them your whole career you know, from AAU on up. Yeah. When you go overseas, you don't know these guys at all. (laughs) (laughs) True. You know what I'm saying? No idea. You'd be lucky to be able to even understand what's being said, depending on the country that you go to. Uh You know, there's always one or two guys on the team that speak really good English. Mm -hmm. And so if they're good people, you know, they make their job easy for you. But one thing I learned, man, is, when you don't necessarily earn their trust initially because you just got there, they're not always too excited about this American player coming on their team. Yeah. Because some of it could be jealousy and some of it is I'm competitive too, man. Like we don't need you. Yeah. We're good. Uh-huh. And so, you know, you have to really know how to fit into their culture as well as their system, and those adjustments are so much harder than adjusting here in the States. Mm -hmm. You know, we all speak the same language. We all have been playing for a really long time, and it's just certain gestures we make, and we know, okay, this is what we need to do. Mm -hmm. Over there, it's almost like, even though you've been playing for a long time, and to a certain extent, basketball is basketball, but that's after you've gotten over those initial hurdles. You know, you have to get into a flow and you have to get a couple of guys on that team who, you know, maybe take well to your personality. Um, and then you kind of have to really be willing to like hang out and spend time with those guys. Mm-hmm. Because if you go over there thinking you're just going to isolate yourself from them, most of the time you're not going to last over there. Yep. And so what I found right away was physically it was easy. You know, I could, score pretty much at will but the challenges were some of the things that I just knew to do even with some of my teammates in the states it's not that those guys didn't know how to do it it's just that I couldn't um articulate it the same way I would if I was at home yep and so you have to kind of get past that the actual play itself is physical as shit mm-hmm you know, it. You know, depending on the country, it's just like, okay, we can't stop this guy. I mean, you, you, you're a seven-footer, bro. So, you know, I know you've gotten hacked crazy over there. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So there'll be situations where you just get fouled a lot and the referees almost ref the game like those locals are their nephews. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like – I'm not calling a foul on my nephew. I got to see him later at dinner, you know? I'm like, yo, he fouled the shit out of me. You're not going to call that. So stuff like that, you know, can be, you know, difficult because you have to still maintain a certain level of composure and professionalism. And so, like, what I tell a lot of people is being successful in basketball is not simply just being good at playing the game. Yep. It is your personality. It is 
you know, how these people look at you, their perception of you, how you carry yourself, you know, are you easygoing? Are you, um, are you understanding? Because sometimes I've been in situations where players get really annoyed with their teammates overseas. Yeah. And again, you forget you're a visitor. It does not matter how good you are. At the end of the day, we'll send you home and just get another player. Yep. <laughs> These guys, they're going to be here no matter what. If, if they get cut from their local team, there's another local team in that city that they'll be on, or there's another team in Europe that they can go play for. Yep. Once we get sent home from a place like Spain, Italy, you got to come home. Yep. You don't get to go to another team. So, you know, there are a lot of different nuances, man, that can make it really difficult. And I saw a lot of guys, they'd come, and within a month, they were home. Yeah. Because you're, you're thinking you're in America, and you're forgetting that two most important things I learned overseas in my entire career was learning how to adjust and learning how to adapt and learning how to do that quickly. That's you know, you get there, your Wi-Fi is janky sometimes. You get there, maybe, you know, the place that they initially put you in, you're like, damn, like, you're getting paid a lot of money, but, like, this hotel is shit. Yep. You know, stuff like that. And so a lot of players would just have interaction with the management, and it just wouldn't go well. And the attitude would be like, you haven't done anything here yet. Mm-hmm. And so I learned really quickly to let my game do the talking. And once I got to a point where I started to play well, then I could ask for more things. Yeah. And then they would be more than willing and even sort of willing to over-accommodate you as long as, you know, you were producing and doing what you were supposed to do and staying out of trouble. Yeah. You know, because, you, you know, like I know, people in the city will know you. Yeah. And so sometimes they'll tell. They'll say, hey, man, we saw – Kevin in the club. And so <laughs> that's not an issue until you play like some shit in the game. Exactly. <laughs> You're playing good. They don't give a fuck. They don't care. Exactly. <laughs> but if you if you play terrible, then it's like that's why you played bad. Because yep. you you're out here hanging out instead of focusing on basketball. And so it's a really hard gig if you don't know how to again just make the the, the right choices because physically, you know, if you were athletic in the States or you knew how to score in the States, that's not going to change when you go overseas. It's just that you have to get past all of the other things that's going to even put you in a situation where you get on the court so you can show, you know, the different things that you can do. So I'd say overall, man, it's harder because I've seen guys who were really good in the States, they went overseas and did not play well at all. Mm -hmm. All right, last last question for you. You know, we played together in college, uh, freshman year. Favorite mammoth memory? <laughs> you know what? The memory that I'm thinking about, I bet you it's one of your favorite memories. Um, one, your mom, man, and I'm gonna call her, man. I, I love her, man. She was so <laughs> she was so cool, man. She treated us all so so great. And um, we just took over your damn computer, bro. I really... <laughs> <laughs> like, Kev, you were the only one who had a desktop. So, you know, I've seen computers and whatnot all through high school, of course, but I never was really interested in learning much about computers. And so 
um, when we got there and you had your computer up and I started to figure out how to surf the web and uh-huh. Yahoo chat and all that, we were just on your computer all the time, man. Corey, myself, Aaron, and the rest of the guys. <laughs> and uh, I remember just thinking, damn, man, we, we, we basically took, took over this dude's computer, man, but you were always so cool about that, man. So that was always dope. Um, but one of my favorite mama's uh, memories were one time I think we had individuals and you know after individuals we play like two on two or three on three whatever it was and I think Dave had invited John Karate up there. John Karate I remember him. <laughs> Yo we were looking at John Kar- Karate like who the hell is this dude? Yeah. Like, I mean was- completely sleeping on him never heard of him you know and Dave told us yeah, he, you know, I think he was playing with the Sonics at the time. Yeah. And and uh, we just underestimated him, man. And he kicked everybody's ass. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, wait a minute. So even guys that's on the NBA deep, deep into the bench can actually yep. play. Yeah. And so that was really my first experience of seeing someone who I'd never seen get in the game. Um didn't necessarily look the part like he was fit, but he wasn't no, you know, he really big. He wasn't six six. You know, he's yeah. like six one. He was small. Yeah, he was small. Weird haircut, just like exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like oh hey, you had the Brady Bunch haircut. In the street. Exactly, and didn't miss an open jump shot. <laughs> I mean, literally knocked down every single time he was open. He made that shot. And then when we would close out, he was one dribble pull-up. Yeah. And he just, you know, he kicked out. I and mean, we adjusted, and obviously he struggled with being able to guard us offensively, but yeah. he kicked our ass, bottom line. That's so and funny. it was one of those things that I never forget, and I tell people all the time, man, like, if you're in the NBA, I don't care if you never heard of this guy. Mm-hmm. He is a problem, trust me. Yeah. Um. It's levels to anything. So you got guys, I mean, is, is he as good as bronze? No, maybe not. If you go out there with him thinking it's a game, you're going to learn real quick that it's not. And so that's one of my favorite memories, man. And one of the funnier memories was when we were, um, me and Aaron, you know, we roomed, and Corey took his uh, hamster. Yeah. He was in a, a, a guinea pig, one of those. Yeah. And he put it in our room while I was sleeping. And so I woke up, and when I woke up, the door was cracked, so I only saw the shadow of the hamster instead of the actual hamster. (laughs) The shit was bigger than me. So, of course, I lost it Um, in in, in the dorm. I ran out of the dorm, and I almost stepped on the hamster on my way out. And I remember you guys might have laughed for the entire semester over that. And so, yeah, those are two of my favorite memories there, man. Man, those are that that was a great time. We had that whole suite. We had like, you know, the common room. We used to mess around in there all the time. And that computer like I liked it because I would just be like playing video games or just chilling and you it was like cool to just have people to talk to and you're For just sure. like dude, I think No that, man, we had a fucking was, ball, man. I mean Yeah. We were all freshmen and once Urell came in the fold from playing football because he yep. hung out with us a lot. It was just so dope for us to have each other to kind of lean on. Yep. And, you know, it was it was our first time, you know, obviously being in college. And we had so much potential on our team. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously you saying you saw where that kind of went with some of the guys that stayed. So one of my most memorable times just in life in general, man, and I think that Aaron and I are still, you know, Aaron is one of my best friends to this day. We talk every single day. That's um, awesome. He's in Atlanta. Um, you remember Raheem Byron who played yep. football. Yeah. Um, we talk every once in a while. His crazy ass is still crazy. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I still keep in touch with – I haven't talked to, like, Cam or Ra. Um, yeah. What about Corey? Have you talked to Corey? Do you know where he is? Yeah, no, it's crazy. Corey ended up, like, a town over from me. So Get out. And he's, like, his kids go to school with, like, my friend's kids. And I, so I've seen him a few times just because wow. he lived, like, like, a, like a, a mile away. So it's pretty crazy. What is he doing, man? I always imagined Corey would be like this computer programmer. That's exactly. He's in IT. He's doing like all shit. I knew it. I knew it. And I knew it. I just, that that was his lane and that was his temperament. Yep. And I could just tell, man. So I'm not surprised at all, man, that that that's what he's doing, man. What are you doing, man? I mean, this podcast is super cool, man. But what's what's your lane? Uh, so I'm teaching. I'm a teacher. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a basketball coach in the area. And, uh, you know, just uh, I actually just wrote a book about, about playing overseas. So I'll have to send you send you like when it kind of comes out, I'll send you the info. So, oh, for sure. Got to get cool. that, man. So I'm mom, doing, man? Mom's doing good. She's like, I haven't seen her for so long because of all this shit. Like with the uh, coronavirus, I'm like, she's kind of been, you know, in like, you know, Somebody's birth and stuff. I haven't pictures, bro. You got to drive with your mom. Yeah. You feel me? It's crazy, man. It's nuts. It's crazy. But Al, bro. Al, I. Yeah, man, but Ash is definitely your amazing man. Fun. Yeah, you, you've always been mild mannered, man, but but you, you're a little crazy. You I am a little crazy. That's what I thought you were going to do when I did the weird in the room when, like, all the girls were there and come out of the shower. I was like, oh, shit, you're going to get onto that. Hey, look, you know I thought about it, but I said, I don't know. Maybe on another interview. <laughs> That's right, too. Al, man, it's been awesome catching up with you, talking to you. Love we'll that. do this again. And next week we'll stay in touch. But, uh, this is awesome. Thank you much for sure, joining us. Talk soon, bro. All right. See you, Al. Uh-oh. We're here, brother. All right, cool. So uh, another good time here on the Matchup Zone. So I think we got we got a good idea for another podcast. We've got a couple people to give us the dirt on one uh, Kevin Owens. Oh, God. There's a lot of dirt. Like I said, like, a there's, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's some, some crazy shit that I like. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely out there. There's Everyone's like, oh, he's like very like calm and stuff. I'm like, mm. I always tell the kids, like my kids that I teach them, like, like you don't, you, like you don't know the playing. Like I was a very different person when I stepped on the court. Like I was just, I just didn't, I, I, my mentality completely I got like crazy. So it was pretty funny. But uh, Al was awesome. He's a great dude. He's so intelligent, so yeah, insightful. Man. I love, I loved what he was saying uh, about like he's like I'm out here buying all this shit and. Like who's buying me? Yeah. Like who's buying my shit? True that's entrepreneur. All. Like you could hear yep. like the the businessman inside of him when he talked, and that's uh, not everyone has that, you know. No, I agree. So I think uh, we got one answer for the two week hiatus. People, uh, you know, busy. People are allowed to quarantine. It gets busy. We miss.
miss you guys. Uh, we will see you again. Hopefully next week we'll have uh, hopefully Adam Bound from Michigan State played again in Australia. Uh, we have a few guys lined up as well. So uh, hopefully we'll get the guests in. Until next time, Kevin O'Shaughnessy. Thank you, producing. Check him out for all DJ needs. Peace out, guys. We'll see you next week.